the main salient point of of improv is yes and. Yes, so you're having to actively listen. You're on stage with typically in a scene like one or two other people maybe, and you're actively listening to everything they're saying. And your goal is to make them look good. So I'm. Um, you have to learn how to listen to people and you have to learn how to respond. And the whole point of improv is not to make people laugh, it's to tell a story. You're listening to the Taylor Coop Podcast. Join me as we do a deep dive into my passions and learning lessons in entrepreneurship, real estate, business, sports, art, and so much more. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Taylor Coop Show. We are bringing back Paul Santana and Harris Jones. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having us, Thank Taylor. You. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so you heard their story. And now we're going to go into the action items. And we're going to go through just a, a few different topics, especially relative to what we heard in the previous episode. But starting off, let's just dive into community, right? We have, and I know people can monetize communities now and people are trying to build their own communities and y'all have already had an experience in building and also acquiring and buying other communities, which is a funny thing to say. Um, but if, if so, one person were to start to build a community, what actionable advice would you give them? Uh, one thing that comes to mind, actually, we were just talking with a friend last night who uh, I, I knew from my game group for many years and he, I, he always wanted to start a game group or start a group on meetup, meetup.com. Um, and I've known him for a couple of years and he finally just created one last week. And one of the things he said is I wish I would have done this a long time ago. Uh, so th that's kind of my, my thing, uh, action item. Uh, if you're thinking about starting a community, whatever interest you have, uh, do it as immediately just create something put it on meetup uh, you know just just go and do it and see what happens because you, you'll probably be pleasantly surprised usually people join any new group that that comes up and they're interested they're fired up and you'll probably meet some wonderful people so first thing definitely just just do it as soon as you possibly can whatever group it is you know if the group doesn't work out if people don't join or you don't it doesn't work out how you want you can just delete it and you can create another one you have up to three that you can have at any one time so hmm. that's kind of my thing. uh it'll be interesting to see how my friend our friend uh his group uh we're actually gonna go there tomorrow night uh for his second event so uh it'll be interesting to see how that one goes too nice now um one of the things that comes up into my mind is like you know if i wanted to start a meetup let's say about real estate for example I don't feel like I'm really an expert in real estate at all. Did you ever have those thoughts then when it came to like, oh, dang, like I'm now, why would somebody come to, I guess it's imposter syndrome if you really want to put a label to it and a title to it. Um, any thoughts there and how somebody can overcome that, I guess, aside from just do it? <laughs> For me, I kind of, for the for the groups that I've created, I've kind of stayed away from that. Like uh, one of the other groups that I created was a uh, one of my other passions that we, we haven't talked about, uh, Tiny Houses on Wheels. I want to eventually create a physical community for Tiny Houses on Wheels and a few other things as well. But that one I created specifically where it was, we're going to meet and discuss how we can make this become a reality. We, we met at a restaurant and just kind of talked about uh, various things, where to, where to buy land, that kind of thing. So and I, I very clearly said, I, I didn't say it, but it was pretty much, Hey, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> Let's talk about 
how we could do this. I'm not the expert. I'm very much not the expert. I need help from other people. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a way. Um, so one thing I would I would say is if you're going to create a group and you don't think you're the expert, don't make it a presentation type of thing. Make it a we're meeting to talk to each other. It's not me at the at the front of a room talking to all of you because then that's a, that sets the stage of we expect you to teach us and you be the master. So yeah, I think if it's education based, you can be really transparent about what your expect what your expectations are, and then setting expectations for everybody else who may be interested in the group. And then you you just call it a mastermind. I mean, everybody comes in a mastermind is you put a bunch of minds together and then it creates one additional mastermind. So I I would definitely recommend calling it a mastermind. And then you go around in the group and you say what what you're interested in as it pertains to this topic and maybe what you have questions on. And one other person in the group may have the answer to that. And if you don't, then you can collaborate and find the answer. But yeah. Yeah. I love that. And did you guys ever have any trouble in finding a location, especially like, let's say, cause I know there are certain locations that have, uh, well, I guess we, we kind of did talk about it where some of the locations weren't the greatest, where it was like loud and you're trying to have some deep talks, but, and also there's also some locations too, that require some, some money as well. Any negotiating tips, let's say if you didn't have money or I guess, aside from, or have you guys all paid for these locations or, or promised that? Where the, uh, I've done, it's usually been in a private place. And a lot of people have often messaged me on meetup and they're like, Oh, you hosted at a person's home. I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, okay, that's, that's fine. So, uh, usually hosting in people's homes and then also public restaurants, uh, obviously you have to deal with the music as Harris was mentioning and, and other kind of stuff like that. Uh, I know you can rent places. I never have just because I, uh, if you rent a place, then that means there's overhead and you're kind of like, well, you, either you're stuck with the bill or you charge people and then that has other effects. So I, I try try not to do that. I, w- I would say that we have friends who have hosted it at an, at an, a local place. Maybe it's a brewery or something, but they'll go in and they'll say, hey, we've got this group of people who will be coming in on a regular basis would you be willing to let us host it here? Because we'll be bringing you business. But if you do that, you have to pick a day that is not competitive. So choose a Tuesday or a Monday evening or whatever that may be, because they're not going to have as many people in there. They're going to want you to come in and and host that event there so they can get some business from you. Um, I will say it also depends on the type of group that you're looking to create as well. Um, It's a funny story, actually. We we created that Ewoks group, Entrepreneurs Without Kids. And the very first time we had a meeting there, that we only had one person. He was amazing. Jonathan, uh, shout out to shout out to you if you're watching this. But Jonathan, we met him at a Starbucks because he was like, uh, are we still meeting? And he was the only one. So we were like, uh, sure, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll still meet. But we were going to have it in my house because we felt like over time we've we've learned that having it at a private location is is better and more conducive to conversation. But he was the only one. So we're like, let's just go to Starbucks. We'll meet him. And we were sitting at the table and he picks up his phone and he's like, hold on, hold on. It's my wife. And he's like, Hey, Hey honey, I'm not dead. We're good. They didn't kill me. So (laughs) if, if you're going to have a small intimate group and it's like the first, the first time you're doing it, 
maybe have it at a public location where people feel more comfortable. And then you build what's called a core group. And that core group will eventually RSVP to your events. Then you can have it wherever you want to, because you can have it at your house. And if people see that 12 other people are coming, then they feel more comfortable going to a private location. So that would be my advice. I want to mention one last thing, which is uh, we we met somebody else who runs the meetup group for the local library system, and she was telling us is like, hey, why don't why don't people more people use this? Most people don't know. I actually didn't know this, and I haven't done it yet. But your local library has rooms that are available for you to use. They allow food, they allow drink, and it's free. So hmm. anybody can use it and, you know, it's usually pretty available. So there's an option for people that is uh, probably in every city across the country. So. Yeah. I didn't think uh, about often, their local library. If hmm. you want to pay for a space as well, co-working spaces often have the ability to just rent uh, one of their rooms, it, but it, it may be um, a, a business table. It may be like a business setting. So you may not want that, but co-working spaces are a good option as well. Yeah. My thing is uh, anywhere that is quiet, which is why I prefer not loud restaurants so that you can hear the people, because at the end of the day, the most important thing is connecting with other people, whether it's as a friend or for business. That's that's the most important thing, so being able to hear somebody. This is interesting because I, I was helping out another meetup here in the Bay, in the Bay Area with like them scheduling and also like even potentially building out their podcast too so they can tune in and sort of have, you know, just several different touch points of, let's say, like the hosts that are speaking and certain topics that are relative to the meetup group. But it, it, it I think it's often underlooked, but then also uh, so rewarding to as you start to build it and build all these different connections. Now, switching gears, if somebody were to want to become a public speaker, let's say, and really just get their self, get their self, get themselves out there and they're more on the introverted side. Any advice there? Absolutely. So I will say I've I've started hosting events. We talked about this in the last one, but I've started hosting events. I started Toastmasters, but the one thing that I did not mention that completely like took me over the edge in terms of being able to get on stage and just be in front of people without fear was improv. So if you are terrified of public speaking or terrified of just being in front of people on stage, improv is amazing. It's improv improv for everyone. So the guy who wrote this book, he started a, an improv um, location in Charleston. It's called theater 99 and they host classes It's a series of classes. So you might go to six classes and at the end of your classes, you do a recital. So all of the classes are private, but then your recital, you invite friends and family and then you perform in front of everybody. So they have different levels that you take. And as you take the different levels, you learn something new. So improv, Mm -hmm. phenomenal for me. You learn a lot about yourself. And if you can do improv, you can pretty much do anything. So improv for sure. Yeah, and because um, I have a similar, so I I used to act as well, and uh, I also have like a very strong 
uh, fascination with like stand-up comedy and also like freestyle dance because I was also a dancer. Now I'm assuming within improv, a lot of that had to do with just like being able to adapt and think on your feet then, and then it, uh, address yourself into whatever situations that that's being thrown at you. Absolutely. Okay. I, the main salient point of, of improv is yes. And, yes and. so you're that's having right. to actively listen. You're on stage with typically in a scene, like one or two other people, maybe, and you're actively listening to everything they're saying. And your goal is to make them look good. So I'm, um, you have to learn how to listen to people and you have to learn how to respond. And the whole point of improv is not to make people laugh. It's to tell a story. So if you're telling a story, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's sad or, or any, or somebody's angry, like you're just telling a story and people are engaged because they want to watch it. So I think it, it helps you become a public speaker because you're learning to tell a story and people en engage with stories more than they do a speech. You're not speaking at them. You're telling them something and they're taking something away from it, whether it's that's, an emotion or knowledge. That's such an undervalued uh, skill in itself. And I feel like it's starting to become a lot more valued and, and people are starting to realize the power of storytelling because I mean, we, even, even with us on the capital raising side, I mean, we're telling stories at the end of the day, right? Just because there is that emotional resonance with whatever we're talking about. Right. And because people can relate to it. Um, wow. No. So that's fascinating though. I never even thought of, um, thought of joining an improv group just to become a better speaker. I will say though, kind of intimidating though, like just hearing yeah. about it from an outside perspective and not even taking an acting class beforehand. What, and what is Toast? I always hear about Toastmasters. What is like Toastmasters like then? Would you say it's still uh, valuable to go to? Yeah, absolutely. So Toastmasters is more of a formal public speaking group. It's an international um foundation, I guess you would call it. Mm -hmm. um, so you could go to Germany and go to Toastmasters if you wanted to, mm. but Toastmasters has individual local clubs. So you can find one that meets in the evenings in person. You can find one that meets in the middle of the day that's on Zoom. You can find pretty much a local Toastmasters club wherever you are. And you go in and they have speakers who will do like five to seven minute speeches and then they'll have table topics, which are more impromptu speeches. So it's like a one to two minute. They ask you a question and then they choose somebody in the audience and you get up and respond. And then they have evaluators. So they'll be evaluating. There's a grammarian who, who will f see how many times you say, uh, ah, so all of those filler words that you're not supposed to use. And then they'll have uh, just regular evaluators who are looking at your how you're projecting your voice, if you're gesturing or um, if you're using vocal variety, things like that. So mm, it's really great if you're wanting to learn how to present like for your company or if you want to become a public speaker or if you just want to practice getting in front of people, but you don't want to do improv just yet. I think it's a it's a good introductory space to get in and have a group of people who are welcoming to that. The whole point of Toastmasters is you're in a club with other people who are learning how to speak publicly. So they're not going to boo you off stage. They're, they're very welcoming and, and open and give you great feedback on, on what you're doing. So I think it's a, an amazing club. 
Oh, I was going to say the other thing too, is that it's nice that everybody is, is learning uh, with two things. Toastmasters is set up with different pathways so you can choose what you want to do. So the, like the pathway that I'm choosing is persuasive influence. Uh, there's other pathways uh, that like one of them is humor, telling stories with humor. There's another one's one. It's like uh, presentation mastery. Mine's dynamic leadership. So so you have these different pathways with different focuses for what you want to do. And then you gear your speeches towards that. Like if I'm doing persuasive influence, my speeches are geared more towards persuading. If it's humor, then you want to be more uh, humorous with your, you can choose different pathways too. Many people do. The other thing I wanted to mention is that sometimes you could just go and without any intention of necessarily doing anything, but you learn from other people. Mm-hmm. So like there's one, uh, one person in our club named Johnny. He's this uh, big guy. I think he's like an ex-Marine. He has a big beard and he, he, he has a, an immediate stage presence where he's, he's a big guy. So he's big uh, uh, body language and just a powerful voice. And immediately everyone just like sits up and says, like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so just mm. having that as an example uh, is very powerful because it's like, Oh yeah, I, I need to, I need to do, I need to project my voice and uh, walk around the stage, that kind of thing. So it's interesting to, to be in a group of people like that, because you will learn uh, partially from your speeches, but also just watching other people. I love that. So Toastmasters, improv. Anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I, m- I mentioned this earlier, but just speak it. If you speak it. if you want it, you've got to manifest it and you've got to speak it and you've got to believe that you can actually do it. So one of the ways that I actually got my first public speech is I went to other events and I met the organizer. I'm like, hey, you're the organizer for this event. I'd like to speak at it. Would would you be interested in exchanging information and just talking to them and telling them what you want? Of course, organizers are always going to want more speakers. So you know, <laughs> they'll want you to come in there. Um, and then when I did them for Rehab Wallet, I did speeches for Rehab Wallet. I just told the people in, in on my team, hey, I would like to speak in front of more people. Put me in more rooms and they will do that. So you just got to speak it and and it will come to you. Manifestation and law of attraction. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Uh, absolutely yeah. love it. That is powerful. And I, I want you one more thing is I think also uh, the networking that we do is also helpful because each time you meet somebody new, that's kind of like a little speech right there. You yeah. know, they're they're going to ask you, what do you do? What are you interested in? That kind of thing. And you get just so much practice, uh, whether it's networking events or going to MFIN con, different conferences, like just getting that practice all the time helps. Yeah. I, I will say that we sometimes go to events and I crave deep conversation, non-surface level conversation. So if we go to an event and it's like surface level conversation. You can tell that my energy is just drained. I'm like, I don't want to be here, but I can look at it from the optimistic side and say, this is a way for me to practice talking to people. So if I'm going to be here, let's make it happen. Let's let's do something and, and yeah. learn something from it. So we use it to test. Like I, I mentioned last time, we test questions, asking people questions to get them engaged and see what they respond to. You can use that in a speech. You get up in front of a crowd of people and you ask them an engaging question. Well, you probably tested it on 10 people before that at a networking event. So you know how they might respond. So it's, it's a great way to practice for sure, networking. And sometimes you can have fun with it too. Like uh, if, if, we're, if we're talking about, uh, you know, you go to an event and it's like, hey, what, what do you do? And 
you might say something like, oh, it, uh, if you were a stripper, what would be your stripper track? <laughs> <laughs> That's a different conversation. You get a very different conversation. But it's funny because sometimes people are craving that. So people want a fun conversation, yeah. right? People yeah. want it. And then you open up and then we can talk about business later. You know? They'll be like, hey, you yeah. have pink and purple hair. Did-? And I'm like, yeah, I lost a bet. And then they'll say, well, what was the bet? And then I can make up any bet that I can possibly sure. imagine. If I really wanted to, I could say, Paul bet me that I couldn't drink three gallons of milk in under a minute. And I couldn't. So now I have to be <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's fun to play around with sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it should be fun too. I mean, like I'm thinking about just that one person who's just been waiting for them to, to be asked their stripper track. They're stripping. Exactly. Like, right? like they're just they're just at this real estate conference and like, all right, this is the time. Someone's gonna walk up to me and ask me for my stripper track, and I am you know, ready because I prepared my answer. <laughs> we talk about this sometimes. Like, we'll ask people. Uh, we've asked that question a few times, and there was this one time where we asked that to somebody, and they had an answer immediately. Like, oh, yeah. right away. Like, that was. That's surprising. What happened there? <laughs> like, what was the answer? What was the answer? Uh, I, I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember if, if it was this person, but they said pony, uh, genuine. Ah, <laughs> ah, classic. Exactly. Right. So mm-hmm. can never go wrong with pony. That's cool. Well, you know what? I think that's a good way to end the show, you know, on a, on a <laughs> stripper track pony, you know, make sure you get on that horse and well, before Manifest. you go, you have to tell us yours, Tyler. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, that's a great question. I'm a huge R&B fan because, I mean, mm. shoot, I was a dancer. So if I were to have my own stripper track. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. It's got to so be. It's got to be something. Oh, man, this is. Can't believe it's gonna be posted. Uh, okay, actually, you know what? It's no. Nope. The, you, okay, the you first. Wanna, you want to think on it? Yeah, and no, no, on no, it? no, 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 the audience yeah. is going to be like wondering when am I going to actually say it? And I have to say it right now, but that the first thing that comes into mind. Okay. Is, is because this song is kind of popular right now. And I like one of my favorite dancers dances to it. So it's, it starts with an S and then ends in X room. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. By Vito. Ah, by v-e-d-o yeah so it's uh that's probably gonna be my my go-to at least for right now but then i just oh yeah maybe not that's uh, you know what yeah that'll be my go-to for right now that's my go-to for right now yeah vito is a very respectful artist he talks about building up women in sometimes a little sexual way but uh shout out vito if you're ever listening (laughs) (laughs) you're ever listening to this But you're, you're modern. Mine's mine's very old, so that's that's uh. All right, are we sharing this now? What's yours now? Uh, sure. Uh, I forget who it's by. Uh, you ever seen Back to the Future? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget the name. I forget the who it's by. It's but it's Huey Lewis Huey in the news. Lewis. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That's my the power of love. <laughs> the power of love. Wow. Yeah. 
Mine's Led Zeppelin Ocean. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Led Zeppelin Ocean. That's a good one. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You never thought that your podcast was going to get into this, huh? These are the action items. This is where it's at. This is the action items. And honestly, this is what I love about this podcast is because I don't have to just talk about just that. I can talk about stripper tracks no matter what exactly. the fuck I want just because this is my show. We can talk about that. Hell yeah. Ooh. <laughs> At least it's not also Stay with a Heaven too. That's a long song. And you'd be dancing for a while. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> on that note, Paul Harris, if they want to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? How can they find you? Uh, I am I can be found at my website, pauldavidsantana.com. Yeah, that's pauldavidsantana.com. And my handle on most social media is the hoop investor, T-H-E. H-O-O-P investor. Boom. And that'll be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Paul and Harris for hopping to the show. Thank you everyone for listening. And I will see y'all next time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Taylor Coop podcast. If you gain any value out of this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you share this with your friends. Hopefully they can get the same value as well as you did. And also leave a comment or review on whatever podcasting platform that you're listening on. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you at the next episode.